0: What does new offensive coordinator Liam Cohen bring to the Buccaneers? That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks,
1: Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Ooh. What's up, and welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at Jayarko underscore Bucks. Credential number of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And for that, I want to share my appreciation for your continued support of the show. One of the ways you can support the show is by becoming a Locked On Bucks insider. You're going to get news, rumors, the inside scoop, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. You can join the Locked On Bucks insiders by going to subtext.com slash Locked On Bucks to sign up. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked On NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. The Buccaneers have started conducting interviews for their vacant special teams coordinator position. That is coming up in a little bit. But first, I am joined by the editor of a Sea of Blue SB Nation's page dedicated to University of Kentucky Athletics, Tristan Ferris he is going to tell us what the Bucks and Bucks fans can expect from Liam Cohen as their new offensive coordinator. So without further ado gonna jump into that interview with Tristan Ferris. I'm joined now by the editor of a sea of blue SB Nation's page dedicated to the University of Kentucky, as well as the founder of Kentucky Insider on Twitter at Tristan UDA, Tristan Ferris. Tristan, thank you so much for jumping on. Really appreciate you coming in and giving the Locked On Bucks listeners some some insight today on Liam Cohen.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on and glad you guys have me now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's start things off here. Liam Cohen was hired as the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, but he's been with the University of Kentucky for two of the last three years. Offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2021, left for the Rams in 2022, returned last year to be the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Kentucky again. What's kind of the the feeling or, or the mood with Kentucky fans seeing him leave yet again after just one year with the team?
1: Yeah, so he's, uh, in terms of the Kentucky football program, he's kind of got some heat on off of him right now just because the the basketball team just lost to Tennessee. Uh, But fans aren't happy, to say the least. Um, Just because, uh, let's rewind back to January of last year when he returned from the Rams, Um, he said he wanted to plant roots. I think the staff and everybody kind of understood the first time he he's he's been under Sean McVay for several years before he came to Kentucky. Um, it was an NFL job for the defending Super Bowl champions. Everybody kind of understood it at the time, but then you say you want to plant roots, stay a year. You kind of have a gentleman's agreement somewhere in there, and I'm sure some of it falls on Stoops um, for for why he's not here. But um, you can't blame the guy. He's going back to the NFL. That's where he wants to be. But yeah, it's it's not the best of moods for Kentucky fans right now.
0: Yeah. Well, and and. Honestly, Buccaneers fans can sympathize, right? Dave Canales got hired last year. He was talking about wanting to be in Tampa long-term, build something really special, and and then he leaves after one year for a head coaching gig. But obviously, people wouldn't be bothered if he wasn't good at what he did, right? So what is it that, that Cohen is really bringing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
1: Yeah. So uh, Liam Cohen, like you said, it, it's a compliment for Kentucky football. Obviously, we're not the top of the SEC. So on an NFL team, once you're offensive coordinator, that's, that means you're doing something right. Um, if you're Kentucky. So, um, Liam Cohen, he's obviously been a popular name in college and NFL job searches, and for good reason. Um, players love him. Uh, he's been a really good recruiter in college. Obviously, it's not as important. Um, in the NFL, but player relationships matter in the NFL. And I know, um, he and Baker Mayfield quite like each other. we when they were in LA. So I think that that helps you guys definitely um going forward. And I kind of just, uh, I don't cover the as much as you do, but just schematically, it seems like things make sense. He likes play action passes. Um, you guys have Rashad White. Uh, he likes dual threat running backs. He, he's dealt with quite a few here at Kentucky. That's, that's a position we've had success with. So I, I think just fit wise, as, fit wise and everything, it just makes um, sense for you guys. Um And, and like I said, if, if so many people want him, he, he's doing something right, and, he, and he's got uh, momentum going for him.
0: Yeah, there, there's no doubt. and In fact, I just saw that of in the history of University of Kentucky football, they have six seasons where the, the offense has scored 50 touchdowns or more, and Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator for two of those six seasons. So obviously he, he knows what he's doing, and I, I know a big part of him returning to Kentucky – after going to the Rams for a year was his love and his desire to call plays, which wasn't something that he was able to do as the the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles because you have Sean McVay there, right? So you take a look at at kind of his style of play calling is coming from a a team that over the course of the last two years with two different offensive coordinators, things became slightly predictable and, and a little bit I don't want to say vanilla because Dave Canales certainly injected some creative things but you know situational football became very predictable for Buccaneers fans would you consider Liam Cohen's style play calling kind of predictable where you know on first down more often than not he's going to do this on on second and long more often than not he's going to do this or does he like to kind of change things up and and really try to catch defenses by surprise
1: he likes to change uh things up. It kind of depends on the personnel that's out on the field for the most part. Um now, now when you're Kentucky and you have to play uh not any disrespectful uh, disrespect Mac teams play four times a year. You don't really show a lot <laughs> in those games. Um but when you when you go up against the Georgia and Alabamas, you've seen some of his creativity. Um he uses all the field. It's not just up and down, side to side. He goes uh, lateral, up and down. Um so you'll see his creativity there. Um and like I said, you you guys You'll really see it in the play-action passing is where I believe most of his creativity uh, comes into play. And that's where those big explosive plays uh, have come for Kentucky. Um, and that's honestly what Kentucky's offense has been missing for so long. Uh, under Mark Stoops, was, it was slow, grounded out football, Iowa-like. Um, that's where he, he coached and, and played at for a little bit. So um, he that kind of injected new life in Kentucky football. So, yeah, it's more of the creativity and catching people off guard that I think you guys will like. It's, it's not very predictable for the most part, um, but there are times he likes to play a little bit conservative, um, but that's every offensive coordinator at times. So um, I don't think you guys will be disappointed in that. part.
0: More with Tristan coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At the start of every new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates, so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs, number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats right now that they might not have the time or resources to hire Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I love kicking back with the family, chowing down on some of our Super Bowl staples like queso, pizza bread, pretzel bites, cupcakes, chips, all that you can imagine. My children love junk food, so that's what we eat. And we just enjoy that last night of football before we have to wait all the way until September before the games start again. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. And not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players are going to score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and much, much more. New customers, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Everydayers, make sure you are coming back tomorrow. Not sure if it's going to be a WTSP Wednesday or not quite yet. Evan may be on location, but I will keep you all updated. Of course, again, Locked On Bucks insiders will know first and foremost. But in the meantime, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Channel. Without further ado, want to dive back into my conversation with Tristan Ferris of A Sea of Blue SB Nations University of Kentucky Wildcats page, talking about the Buccaneers hire of Liam Cohen. <laughs> well, one area where the Buccaneers have struggled a lot over the last couple of years is in the run game. Dave Canales and Rashad White seem to get things figured out in the second half of the season. But now under Cohen, it seems like a lot of his experience has been primarily in aerial assault offenses. What can Bucks fans expect from him in when it comes to getting the running game back to becoming a legitimate threat?
1: Uh, I don't think that'll be too much of an issue, honestly. Um, like I said, the the running back is, is a position Kentucky's been really, really good at the last decade you've had probably three of the greatest five running backs in Kentucky football history come in the last, like, six, seven years. Um, so he, he Chris Rodriguez, who is with the Commanders right now, um, that's who uh, Cohen had his first go-around. Um, and uh, I think he went his whole college career, maybe being tackled for a loss just, like, three times, uh, which is crazy. So he, he can design really good plays to, to make sure that you guys are getting positive yardage. Um, did so with him. And, and this year with Ray Davis, uh, he was from Vanderbilt. Um, He's expected to be drafted this year. He was used in the, and the run and pass game. Um, so even though he, he does like, he favors the pass, um, like most modern offenses do and pro style offenses, um, he, he's not afraid to get the running back involved. And especially when you guys have a guy like Rashad White, uh, who, who had a great season this year, I think he, he's kind of happy to have him as a weapon. So don't worry about him not using him.
0: Yeah, if there's one thing the Bucs fans do love about Rashad White, it is the fact that he is that dual threat. It, it really, if he wasn't that dual threat, I don't know if the run game has the the resurgence that it has in the second half of the year. The Bucs started running through the air a lot with these little dump offs to Rashad White, and it really turned him into a, a dynamic player, hopefully. Cohen's able to uh, to do the same, but I, I do want to mention that there was some drop-off in production from Cohen's 2021 offense compared to last year. Now, of course, they had Will Levis in, in 2021, but was there a change in in offensive approach or philosophy that led to, to a little bit of a dip in production, or was it primarily kind of a personnel issue where they just didn't quite have the talent last year that they did in 2021?
1: I, I think the latter is more so the issue, just, just not the talent, especially on the offensive line. It got better as the season went on, um, but that, that's that been an issue. If you look at Cohen's first year, they had probably Kentucky's best offensive line and, and probably since the 70s, so, so a very historically good offensive line. Um, that he got to work with that first year. Obviously you talked, you touched on Levis, um, who, who in college, his first season was great, um, when he, when he was injury free. Um, but this year with Devin Leary and, and some, some of the pieces he had around him, it just didn't fit personnel wise. They, they went and got out the most talented players they could. Devin Leary was thought to be the best quarterback in the portal. Um, but they kind of didn't examine how well he would fit in that program. Um, and Devin Leary, I mean, he, he, it was, he'd come from NC state. He never even read plays off of a, of an arm band. So that kind of, so it was something he had to get used to, uh, over the first part of the season. And he got a little bit comfortable more towards the end. Um, but the inconsistency was just always there. Um, but it, Cohen's always a guy that he wants to get the ball in the best player's hands. Um, and, and this year you had two wide receivers, uh, Dane Key and Barry Brown that we guys that we have. Um, and they're very, very talented. Um, uh, but they just didn't measure up to their freshman seasons either. I mean, drop passes was an issue. It's just uh, the talent, um, just not everything clicking at once and, and, and like you said, the personality's not fitting. Uh
0: you, you take a look and and I've mentioned before on, on this show, I, I've mentioned it at Bucks Nation. Nobody really thinks of Kentucky as a football school, right? They are a basketball school, you know, tried and true, die hard basketball town. But under Cohen, you know, as far as the offense, anyway, they've been a, a pretty decent football team. They were, you know, back in twenty twenty one, they finished in the top twenty uh, in the NCAA. And you take a look at how difficult that Southeastern Conference is, and and you mentioned Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and and some really you know, LSU. We're talking top tier football schools. What what's going to be kind of the the difference do you think for cohen to face some of these you know die hard football schools compared to you know the nfl when it comes to how creative he can be what he's able to to do you know you look at, at college offenses you look at nfl offenses they they can be pretty drastically different so how how can cohen kind of mesh the two of those worlds together to maximize the talent on the bucks roster
1: yeah, I think with the NFL experience he had under McVay, I think obviously he wanted, he's wanted to be in the NFL this whole time. Um, I think if there was a way that he was successful in that first round with the Rams and that he could have called plays, I don't even know if he ever comes back to Kentucky. I just think it was a perfect storm for him to come back for one season. Um, but just the one thing that he really didn't like at the, at the college level and he, he was really good at biting his tongue about it was just sometimes you have to develop guys too much. Um, and that means maybe you take a freshman that uh, is really underrated, especially at a school like Kentucky, because you're not going to get five five-star wide receivers like you are at Alabama that has a plethora of physical pools and stuff like that. Um, so I think he's going to be uh, pleasured by not having to work through some of those issues. Um, he did; a, he doesn't have to work on the fundamentals as much. He can more worry about schematics, and he's dealing with professionals at that point. I um, think. That was one thing he really pushed on when he'd come back. He talked about when he was with the Rams just it was a kind of professional attitude it was more comfortable for him, so I honestly think the NFL game suits more what he wants as a coach and more that he wants to accomplish. So I don't think um it's more so him getting accustomed to the NFL. I think he was actually getting more accustomed to the college level um just based on his past experience. <laughs>
0: Moving away from kind of the the play calling, the X's and O's, the, the game day kind of ritual, what kind of person are the Buccaneers getting in Cohen? They're coming from Dave Canales, who was a really super high energy guy. He was running around all over the practice field. You know, and they've had guys like Bruce Arians who gets red faced and angry at, at just about everything. Same with you know Gruden in the past, but you know that that was years and years ago. But what kind of person are the Bucs getting as a coach?
1: Yeah, I think the Bucs are getting a great guy. Um, obviously, it's unfortunate that the Kentucky fans are losing him. Um, but I do think he's a really good person uh, off the field. So I think you guys are getting a high character guy. And I think that's why so many players loved and wanted to play for him. He was honest uh, with them at all times. Um, and he, he was just all about them. If you talk to any recruit that he recruited, um, Owen was one of the few coaches, if not the only coach in some of their recruitments that told them what they were going to be used for on the offense, how exactly they're going to be used for. I mean, he's just straight up and honest with them, how they're going um, to be used and just around the program he he fit into the culture he, he was all about the work he was all about the ethic um he's not trying to take any shortcuts he wants to do things the right way um and now uh, i don't think the kentucky staff's very happy with this <laughs> leaving this go around but i do think all together you guys um off the field are getting a great guy all right
0: and and the last one that i have for you is you know Liam Cohen is a guy that worked closely with Baker Mayfield in Los Angeles. Do you feel that he leaves Kentucky after the, the things that you mentioned that he said and, and wanting to put down roots? Is he leaving Kentucky for the Buccaneers offensive coordinator job if there isn't a strong belief that Baker Mayfield is returning to the Bucs next season? I can't.
1: I'm not going to speak on that because I don't know. But I will say Cohen his name's been around so many NFL jobs here recently. It kind of just felt like he wanted to go back to the NFL. Um, Not to say that he's not intrigued to work with Baker again, Um, but I do. And I do think that plays a part. Obviously they had a good relationship and the Rams and honestly him coming back, I feel like that would be a positive for Baker. Um, that's something he was used to, something he liked uh, um, there at the end. Uh, but I think it's more so about Cohen just wanting to get back to that level. Um And, and obviously there was some talk about the Bears job early. Um, I don't, think that really went too deep. Um, but he just kind of put his name out there so much. Uh, it just didn't seem like he was no longer Kentana, Kentucky. And that's uh, a, a plethora of issues that could be talked about that uh, what it shouldn't be talked about on the podcast. Um, but it was just something that he was ready to move on and come back to the NFL. And I think just, uh, maybe having the opportunity to work with Baker again, um, kind of being able to create his own offense, talk about getting a new offensive line and receivers coach and stuff like that. I think that was just a big um, opportunity that I don't think he could pass up. That was something he didn't get to do with the Rams. Like you said, he was the offensive coordinator, but didn't get to call any plays. It was kind of everything was just plug and play with him being the coordinator there. Um, But I think this was a a better opportunity and something that uh, suited what he was looking for better.
0: All right. Well, Tristan, I certainly appreciate some of your time. I know our listeners and viewers are going to appreciate hearing more about the guy that they're getting at offensive coordinator. Let everybody know where they can find you in all of your work about the University of Kentucky Wildcats.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. Um, You guys can catch me on Twitter. I see the handles down below my name, Um, but you can catch me on a Blue uh, and Kentucky Insider as well.
0: All right. Again, Tristan, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Thank you. You guys have a good one. Thank you again to Tristan for some time to jump on here, talk about the hiring of Liam Cohen. But he's not the only guy that the Bucks are going to hire, and they've been conducting some interviews. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash is at halftime. That's ordering time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That's your cue to order in. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. I know with my kids' crazy schedules, there's a lot of eating on the run. And sometimes I place a DoorDash order when we're leaving the ice rink or the basketball court so that dinner is waiting for us when we pull in the driveway. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything that you need to get game day ready. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off. Up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. You just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D, the number two, the number three. Subject change, terms apply. your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time for your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. For all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Just some notes to finish things up today, as the Buccaneers continue to look for a candidate or look for candidates to fill out their coaching staff. The retirement of special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong was officially announced by the team, and the Bucks have conducted a few interviews so far to fill that role. So they have interviewed Thomas McGoy and Craig Ackerman, as well as internal candidate Keith. Tandy. So, McGoy, who was the New York Giants Special Teams Coordinator, began coaching in 1998 as a graduate assistant at Houston. In 2002, he was made the Chiefs Assistant Special Teams Coordinator before returning to Houston as their Special Teams Coordinator, then being named Special Teams Coordinator and Quarterbacks Coach in 2004. He was the assistant special teams coordinator with the Denver Broncos from 2005 to 2006, assistant special teams coordinator with the Giants from 2007 to 2010, special teams coordinator at LSU from 2011 to 2013, special teams coordinator with the Jets in 14, the 49ers in 2015, the Panthers in 2016 and 2017, before returning to the Giants and being their special teams coordinator since 2018. During that stint from 2018 to the present, the Giants were 6th in the NFL in field goal percentage, 5th in kickoff return average, and ninth in opponent punt return average. The other outside candidate, Craig Ackerman, started as a wide receivers coach at Finley in 2000 before stops at Miami of Ohio, Western Kentucky, back to Miami, and Kent State. He joined the NFL in 2010 as a defensive assistant in Denver, then had the same position at Jacksonville the next year before being promoted to a special teams coordinator. He became the assistant special teams coordinator in Tennessee, um uh, in Tennessee with the Titans from 2013 to 2015. He was the special teams coordinator for the Chargers in 16, back to the assistant special teams coordinator with the Titans in 17 before being promoted to the special teams coordinator in 2018 having held that position ever since during that span the same span uh mcgoy had in in new york so from 2018 to 2023 the titans were first in the nfl in gross punt average fourth in net average and he saw two punters get pro bowl nods and second team all pro so Pretty solid track record there for Ackerman. Then the Bucs interviewed internal candidate Keith Tandy, who has been with the Bucs as a coach since 2020 as a defensive and special teams assistant. And then, of course, Tandy, you may remember, was a player for the Buccaneers back in 2012. He played six seasons for them, played his final season in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons before joining the Buccaneers coaching staff there in 2020. But then... Came across this right before I was getting ready to record. But according to Nick Underhill, who is as tight in with the New Orleans Saints as you could possibly get, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to interview New Orleans Saints special team assistant Phil Galliano for that special teams coordinator position. Now, Galliano, has been with New Orleans for the last five seasons under special teams coordinator Darren Rizzi. And it's certainly an interesting name to watch. The Saints have had really good special teams units for quite a while. And Galliano was a special teams assistant for the Bucks from 2012 to 2013. He came over from Rutgers with Greg Schiano, So Galliano has been coaching since 2000 with stops at Dickinson, New Haven, Villanova, Rutgers, Florida International, back to Rutgers, then to Tampa with Greg Schiano, back to Rutgers again, then joined the Miami Dolphins before returning to the college ranks with Penn State, then he joined the New Orleans Saints. So a couple of names to keep out uh, in this special teams coordinator search, and I'm just going to say this. I know some of you are probably thinking it's the special teams coordinator. Who cares? Special teams is still one-third of the game. And we saw just last year with the Buccaneers, you had, uh, you know, Jake Kamarta have some rough games and set up opposing teams with really good field position. And, you know, that would occasionally bite them in the butt. You had Chase McLaughlin miss that field goal in the divisional round against the Detroit Lions. Could have made the uh, the end of that game a little more interesting had he been able to make that field goal. Maybe they're kicking the extra point instead of going for two towards the end of the game. Uh, you know, and, and how long have we talked about how the Buccaneers just can't get anything going in the return game? Kickoff returns I'm not really concerned about. Most of those are going through for touchbacks, but punt returns, have not been great. It would be nice to get someone in there that can kind of really get that part of the special teams going to help set up the offense with a little bit better field position, maybe help the offense out a little bit more. So special teams is still incredibly important. And when you have good special teams, you tend really not to notice it. Your kicker goes out there, you – pretty much are are confident that it's an automatic three points. Your punter goes out there. You know he's going to pin it inside the 20. But when you have a bad special teams, you notice because it swings games and it swings games in a big hurry. So even though the special teams coordinator job isn't going to get the hype or the publicity of the offensive coordinator, it's still an incredibly important coaching vacancy that the Bucs have to fill and they have to fill with the right guy. As for this episode, that is going to do it. I want to thank you once again for making Locked on Bucks your first listener view every single day. Make sure you are checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following on Twitter at Locked on Bucks, at Jay Arco underscore Bucks, and become a Locked on Bucks insider. Go to jointsubtext.com slash Locked on Bucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining me right here on Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.